everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Hearts by Heart. <laughs> the Chain of Memories filler arc. We're in the, the midst of it, but we're we're trekking along. We uh, we're getting in tons of steps, climbing these stairs, so that's good. Sora's Fitbit is is blown up. Come Grace. <laughs> it's 13 whole <laughs> floors, so uh <laughs> Get, get, get some good miles. Yeah. So, what we do here is we just play through the games and we chat through them, but you already know that because you've probably been listening along this whole time. But, in case you haven't, hello, I'm Kevin. I'm joined by my, not co-pilot, because we don't have the gummy ship, my co, my co-amnesiac <laughs> uh, Marshall. It's probably the best analogy. Yeah, so before we get into the discussion proper, we like to take a little stippy stop at the game corner, and you can check out the episode description to find some handy-dandy timestamps if you want to just jump straight into the Kingdom Hearts stuff, if that's all you care about. If you're really joshing for some chain of memories, you can just skip right ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a lifestyle, I won't question it. <laughs> Why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't we talk about the stuff we've been playing that doesn't cause us pain and heartache? <laughs> then I have absolutely nothing to talk about. Everything causes me pain. True. Why don't we talk about the stuff we've been playing that isn't based on cards? Well, that may be a bit. Ah, it got me there. All right. <laughs> Nicely done. Um, I did try out a new game that I bought a while ago last night. It's called so. This entire week, I've been in a big Mega Man mood, so I cracked open 30XX, which is a... It's an early access game, and it's essentially a Mega Man roguelike. Interesting. I've never heard of this. I'm curious. Go on. I didn't either until someone told me about it, like, months ago. I'm pretty sure Mega Man takes place in 20XX, so I th yep. think it's, it's obvious just a play on yeah. the Mega Man timeline. I played a little bit of... Not too much, but I, I did my toes in last night... It's it's a game. I did like two runs. It's a it's pretty cool. The tutorial you can play as like a zero, basically a zero character, or a, a Mega Man or Mega Man X character, whatever your your playstyle desires. Mm -hmm. um, it looks it was it was fun. Uh, it's definitely built around Xbox controls. So like square was to jump and like circle was to shoot. So it, it took a while mm. to get used to the controls. And I told myself the next time I. I play the game, I'll probably just end up swapping all the buttons around, because I was, like, falling off of ledges and doing stupid stuff because I yep. forgot where the jump button was and shenanigans like that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> when you start a run, it brings you to a random level. So, like, for... I guess for, like, I guess because I, I mentioned Hades, and Hades is probably the most recent, most popular roguelike. Yeah. Hades is always... You, you start at the bottom and you go to stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. In 30XX, it pulls from like, I'm not even sure how many, but there's just a random bunch of procedurally generated stages, I'll say. Yeah. So like, the first one I, I can't remember the second one I did, but the first one I did was the Echo Cave. I did the second one, took me to like, a different locale, so it feels like a little Mega Man disingenuous at first, but... I don't know. Is it like a shooter? Like, what? what's the actual gameplay? It, it depends. There's a... The tutorial has you start as the, the zero knockoff called Ace. And then at the end of the tutorial... Well, I guess halfway through the tutorial, you transfer over to 
uh, I think the character name is Ellie, who is basically Mega Man. So you get you get two choices or two playstyles, and you can pick up uh, very roguelike esque. You pick up buffs along the way. There was a mm-hmm. uh, a glory zone that I entered, which is like almost like a very hard like mini section of the game, where at the end I got I couldn't tell you the item name, but whenever I dashed, it it puts a, a force field in front of you, so mm-hmm. you can dash into like projectiles and, or dash into enemies and not take damage, basically. Okay. Gotcha. Mega Man joins the yeah. roguelite genre. Yeah, and uh, that's basically it. I'm just just ever since I got reminded that Battle, ne- Battle Network is 20th anniversary this year, I just had Battle Network on the mind. So mm-hmm. 30XX, not the exact same thing, but uh, I'm really really jonesing for Battle Network. I never played Battle Network, but I did watch the anime it was based on, and I kind of liked it. Mm. I was a stupid kid. And I didn't know any better. Have you seen the gameplay for Battle Network? Like, you know how it's played? Yeah. It's, like, all grid-based okay. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, because uh, the Google algorithm detected deep within my subconscious that I have Mega Man on the mind, I got recommended a YouTube video that I watched where, apparently towards the end of, la- like, over the course of 2020 and early 2021, people have been playing competitive Battle Network PvP. Oh yeah, I, did, I think I saw that same video. It's like Mega Man Battle Network, the only esport on GBA. Yes, it's that. It's, it's nice. that exact video. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's basically it for me. Tell me about your end. So I have been playing. Well, I guess I played a few games this week. Uh, the main one was the Pathless. I played it on PS4. It's on. I think it's on everything. It's definitely on PC. So check it out. Uh, the Pathless. It is, it's like kind of an indie game, but it was like kind of a more high profile indie game from last year. You may recognize it as the game where you run around with an eagle companion and you shoot arrows at targets and then it like gives you like Ah! a little speed boost. Yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah. When you mentioned the eagle. (laughs) Yeah. So it always looked pretty cool to me. So I bought it and I played it and it's pretty good. So very, um... A lot of Breath of the Wild comparisons are natural, so it's, like, pretty mm. open world, and it's, like, go do the four things, except you do, I think you have to do them in a certain order, okay. and, yeah, so, like, the main mechanic, uh, like I mentioned, so you have this bow, and you have, like, a dash move, and then there's, like, all these little targets, like, all around the world, and when you shoot them with your bow you'll get stamina back in your dash and it also gives you a boost. So it's kind of like, it kind of feels like sort of like a Mario Kart where like you're just, you keep maintaining your speed if you're good. So it's like kind of, it's pretty yeah. satisfying to like move around and like the traversal, like I mentioned a few times, like when a game does like movement right, it feels really good to me. And this is definitely the case here. Mm-hmm. You also have a handy dandy glide with your eagle. So that's another Breath of the Wild comparison with like the sailcloth. Yeah. So... Yeah, you can pretty much do, like, you kind of go wherever you want. Um, So there's, like, these towers that you got to go to. Um, Like, the plot is the the great eagle mother has been, I guess she was just killed by the evil god slayer guy. (laughs) And then she's reincarnated. Yeah. Then she comes back as the little eagle companion that you have. So you kind of have her power. And you have to go and save her four children who are all, like, the spirits of the land or whatever. And they're all, like, animals. Okay. So, yeah, you go one by one to free them. And to do that, is you, like, 
go to these towers and you have to enter like these little light cells and you get those by just exploring the world and a lot of puzzle solving like with your bow so like shoot your bow through three of these rings and to the target to like get it to open up and then that's how you get the cell like that sort of thing yeah so that's like the main gameplay like there's not really any combat which is kind of cool it's like all exploring okay. and puzzle solving yeah it's like a really nice feedback loop of okay it gets to the area save the spirit then there's like a boss fight um and then you can either continue or you can keep exploring i like to keep exploring because uh when the spirit's all corrupted the area is like all dark kind of stormy and it's kind of hard to like see everything but then once you beat them <laughs> the sky clears and it's all bright and pretty out and it's just more inviting. So that's when I like really like to just kind of explore. I, f- I feel that. I feel that. I feel like, um, I forget exactly what motif I was going to say, but I imagine the great Eagle mother's like, thank you for doing the light spirit. And it's like, I just don't want it to be cloudy here anymore. I just, I really can't see anything. Pretty much. Yeah, I know. So. Cause yeah, like I would play in the morning <laughs> and some of the areas would get really dark. And then if you have like a sun coming through your window, like you literally can't like really see anything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, oh, I can't blind. see. Yeah. So yeah, it's fun. Overall, it was really good. I locked it a lot. I kind of a hundred percented it. So I did like all the extra stuff to get all the extra powers. Yeah. But then, like, checking the trophy list, there's, like, all sorts of other stuff I guess I haven't done. I'm like, well, I don't care about all that. So, mm-hmm. Pathless, check it out. Like I said, if if you like Breath of the Wild, you'll probably like this, because it's got the same vibe of, like, you're in nature. It's all, like, kind of Eastern Asian sort of influence. And, yeah, it's just, like, all about exploring, and it's a good time to just kind of get lost in. So that was fun. After I beat that... I just wanted, like, a little game to play before I, like, jump into something else that's, like, you know, going to take me days to get through. Um, So I picked (laughs) up Lonely Mountains Downhill on Switch, which is a game I've played before, but I kind of got lost, or, like, I kind of, like, faded out on it, but I just got an inkling to play it again. So it's, like, a mountain biking, I guess. Um, So, like... So the whole point of it is just, I think there's like four mountains and each mountain has four trails. And the whole point is just get to the bottom of the trail in like the quickest time, basically. So it's all about, you know, riding your bike. So it's kind of got interesting controls where like, it's got like bike physics, I guess you could say, where you accelerate, but like you're on a bike. So like you're not super sturdy. So like if you hit a landing like wrong, you'll just kind of collapse (laughs) and that's like your fail state so like you'll restart from a checkpoint anytime you crash see you just have to like kind of be mindful of how you're hitting the trail and everything yeah it's just fun to like kind of get into the zen mode of like optimizing your run basically because each checkpoint has like a little timer of like oh like here's your personal best so like you can kind of like clock like oh like you know, just improve by two seconds here and then three seconds here. Like, I can hit the next requirement to, like, get the unlock for this trail or whatever. And, yeah, it's, like, a really interesting game. I like it a lot. It's... I think I mentioned it before, but it's just, like, one of those games where it's just such a simple mechanic. But, like, you can get really good at it. Like, if you get into it, like, you really get into the runs and just, like, optimizing everything. So, if that sort of game plays interesting to you and you have any sort of interest in biking, uh, definitely check it out. Lonely Mountain, lo, Lonely Mountain Downhills, <laughs> or Downhill. Look it up. It's the bike game. It's fun, <laughs> but it's also really cool because it's um, you know, especially last year, it was like a nice sort of nature simulator because it's all 
there's like no soundtrack. It's just all like ambient nature noises, like the birds chirping and um, like the wind blowing. And also just the sound of like your actual bike pedals and like the brakes and like the treads and everything. So it's just a nice, it's a, it's a good game to vibe to. (laughs) If you remember what outside felt like, this was the game to play. Yeah, no, totally. So yeah, I just picked it up for a little bit this weekend. Yeah, that about wraps it up for me this week. While we're talking about gamey things, I guess we should address the elephant in the room. The eccentric, exaggerated elephant. There you go. <laughs> it was E3. E3 happened, everyone. Woo! It was a pretty mild E3, yeah. Probably, it was all virtual this year. There's obviously been a year of people working from home a lot, balancing a lot of things, so I understand why. It might have been as, like, hype as it usually is, but, yeah, I kind of felt like, you know, it was a pretty... It was, it was a... I don't want to say low offer. I don't want to insult anybody, but it was a... It, it was a very mild E3 this year. Yep. So... Yeah, for me, like, I didn't really watch any of the press conferences live or anything just because I couldn't be bothered. My usual strategy is just watch the trailers after the fact once they come online. Mm -hmm. But I didn't even really do that this year because there weren't really any trailers that looked interesting to me. Besides Nintendo, which is the only one I did watch live, the really the only thing that kind of stuck out to me was Psychonauts 2 finally got a release date. So that's pretty awesome. Yep. And I watched the trailer that came along with it, and it looks so, so good. So Psychonauts 1 is, like, very near and dear to my heart. Put it on the shelf next to Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 2 in terms of formative PlayStation 2 games that Kevin would play all the time. Oh. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's it's a very special game. So Psychonauts 2, I'm very attached to, or very optimistic for. Is a better way to put it. And yeah, yeah, the trailer looked super good, but I don't want to look at anything else because I don't want to, like, not spoiled, but I want as much surprise as there is because the whole gimmick of Psychonauts is you're a psychic and all the levels in the game are based on the different characters' psyches, so you, like, literally jump into their mind. I'm sure everyone knows this by now. So the fun of Psychonauts 2 will be seeing what will the new levels be, basically. And I think we've seen, yep. like, two of them by now like before this latest batch of trailers but then like i could see like little snippets of like other levels no i don't want to know any more about this like i don't want to know what who this character (laughs) is or like what the theme is or anything i just know it looks cool la 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 i can't hear you yeah pretty much but yeah no i'm excited for that it's coming out august 25th hopefully the pre-orders will pop up for playstation soon but yeah, that's pretty much it, honestly, for non-Nintendo things. <laughs> okay. Why don't you go through your non-Nintendo-y things? Because I know we both watched the Direct. I'll, I'll start from little and go to big. Um, WB Games is doing Back for Blood, which is the spiritual successor to Left for Dead, because Valve can never make a third of a game in a series. Yep. And uh, Back for Blood is... it's it's very, It is basically Left for Dead all over again with a yeah. different coat of paint and by the same people who made left for dead so i'm very excited there are basically a bunch of classes that you play as and it's going to be more of i don't know a bigger co-op game i guess but that e3 they focused on hey this is they they really hammered in this is basically left for dead there's going to be a, a i guess i forget if it's called swarm mode i want to say swarm mode because in left for dead 2 they had pvp where 
it would be four four of like you know the regular players versus four other players who played as like the special infected zombies. Mm-hmm. So they basically just hammered in, hey, it's really le- it really is Left for Dead, but bigger. I uh, I'm excited for that. Played it to Xbox. I was really looking forward to Halo. They showed us more Halo. Yay. Um, remind, remind me of a press uh, remind me of an announcement end of last year, early this year that uh, I'm actually excited for. Halo's single-player campaign, you have to buy the game for, but the multiplayer is going to be completely free, so you don't have to pay. Oh, wow. Uh, you don't huh. have to pay to play Halo with your friends, which is, I think, a really cool step forward. Yeah. And I just knew that Halo is still coming out this year, so they would they have to, like, uh, they have to wow us, basically. And uh, I really liked what I saw, so I'm very happy with it. I can't really describe it. It was like a... Little little gameplay, a little cinematic. They showed off the multiplayer. It was enough for me to say, "Ooh, yes, I'm probably gonna play the multiplayer when it comes out." I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think that's it for the non-Nintendo shenanigans, actually. Yep. So for the Nintendo directs, um, I thought it was just okay, if not a little disappointing for me personally. I guess more objectively, I guess it was a good showing. But for me, I just feel like they didn't announce enough games that are actually coming out this year to have me excited. So, obviously, okay. the big one is Metroid. That's super huge, very exciting. Haven't had a new Metroid uh, 2D one. Out of left field. Yeah, yeah, totally. So that's cool, but like, when I think about it, the only Metroid game I've actually played, like 2D Metroid, I played Prime 3. It's Super Metroid, so, like, I'm not really a Metroid guy, so, like, mm-hmm. it's cool, but I'm only so excited, and I feel like that's how a lot of people feel, so I'll be curious to see Same. if this game does well, like, I hope it does, because, you know, it's a little series, mm-hmm. the little Nintendo franchise that could. Yeah, exactly. And also, one of the OGs. Yeah. 100%, yeah. It was funny, because was, I was like, when did Metroid Fusion come out, and then after... The Dread Showcase, they're like, the oh, like the first game in the Metroid mainline series in 19 years. And it's like, holy-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's been that long. Yeah. Uh, but Dread, it, it has like a, a cool presentation to it. And looks the cleanest. Like a, Obviously, there's a 20-year difference between this and the other Metroid games besides Metroid 2 Remake. But it, it looks pretty crisp. Yeah, no. It looked good. But yeah, I'll definitely wait to see, like, you know, is it as good as a new Metroid should be before I plop down $60 for it, so. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on standby for that one. Mm-hmm. Same sort of feelings for the new Mario Party. It has actual boards now. That's cool. They are older <gasps> boards, but they're all, you know, they got their new shiny coat of paint, so that's kind of cool. But then all the mini games are recycled too, and they literally just did that on the 3DS for the top 100 mini games. So it's like new Mario Party, but it's not. And I saw a lot of people wondering, wait, is this DLC for the old Super Mario Party or is this a new game? <laughs> so that's unfortunate. It's, that yeah. They have that marketing problem already <laughs> it's the it's the wee wee you all over again yeah pretty much yeah and also i was burned as most people were by the last game where just there was not a lot of content so like i definitely don't want to just drop another 60 dollars on this game that i mean we've uh, all played before to be honest <laughs> so eh, eh, i'm sure it'll be fun <laughs> it's just hard to justify the purchase if it was like a 40 dollar game yeah I think it would be an instant buy for me we'll see maybe it'll be a good good christmas present this year yeah 
If it's another, it's another not going to buy at launch, probably because we're too busy playing a million Kingdom Hearts games, mm-hmm. but I do want to pick up at some point, probably, unless it turns out to be doo-doo butter. Yeah. So the other minigame collection that uh, most people are excited about is the new WarioWare. That's a fun series. Yeah. Dumb good time. And I think that one actually exactly. is $40. Let me just double check. Mm. WarioWare. Yeah, go ahead. Together. WarioWare is another Mario Party where there's once there's one a generation, and we haven't had one since War. I think WarioWare Smooth moves. Uh, the no, Wii there version. was Game and Wario on Wii U, which nobody played. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I don't remember it. Yep, and then there there was one on the um 3DS recently, which I think was also kind of like a top 100 situation where it was like older mini games. I think, I think it's so, WarioWare yeah. Gold is what I'm thinking of. Okay, it's not 40, but it is 50, so they, like, kind of made us halfway. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can, I, I mean, I, I can see that, yeah. So, yeah, that that's pretty much it, honestly, in terms of games I might buy this year. Because, like, that was my main thing for this Direct, is, like, all right, there's nothing for the second half of the year. Like, literally, the only game that I'm interested in buying, like, in the future is Psychonauts. And maybe a few others, little indies here and there, but like nothing big. So I was waiting for Nintendo to like say, hey, here are all the games you should buy. And they have like one and a half. <laughs> so eh, we'll see. Like that's opposed to other games, other directs we've seen where it's like, hey, we're going to focus on only stuff. From- I think they might have a direct earlier this year. Like they, they'll usually say from the top, like these are games coming out this year only. Mm-hmm. So pay attention nerds i mean yeah they did do that but like like, i just wasn't interested in most of the games they showed like aside from the ones we just mentioned and then the one we'll get to obviously like literally every other game was either some sort of you know compilation or a port or like a a game that we already knew about that's also coming to other consoles and they're just like oh it's on switch too so like there wasn't any like major announcements so i was like eh Uh so yeah I'm kind of lukewarm on it. Obviously, the big sort of show stealer, if you will, was the the new Breath of the Wild trailer. Yeah. Um, which was our... which was fine. I mean, it was good. Obviously. Yep. It was more cinematic than I would have liked, but we got shown a little a lot of snippets of things. Yeah. So I was I was, I, was I, I liked it. I did like it, but I would have appreciated more gameplay. Yeah, like when I first watched it, I felt like, oh my god, they just showed so many things. But then I've watched a few times since. I'm like, oh, they pretty much only showed like 30 seconds of gameplay (laughs) exactly so it's hard to get too excited especially because they quote-unquote confirmed it's coming out in 2022 which i'm not holding my breath for that sweetheart (laughs) i I don't feel any different toward breath of the wild 2 than before i watched the trailer so i'm happy they gave us news yeah maybe next year e3 is when we get our like all right boys breath of the wild this year. Yeah, I would maybe I would hope so. Let's get it. But we'll see. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's pretty much that. Could have been better All in right. my opinion, but eh, whatever. I did I did like it and for, everything else was very low bar, so I think the fact that even if even if Nintendo was lukewarm, it felt it felt better than anything I had seen over the weekend. For for better and for worse. Yeah. So I was yeah. Like, if they just had, like, one, like, one other, like, big game for this year, like, one other game where I'm like, yes, I'll definitely get that. And then, like, maybe those Zelda remasters, ugh, 
R.I.P., mm. which apparently aren't happening now. <laughs> yeah, we're getting Game and Zelda. Uh, then I would have been like, yes, this will go to direct. But now I'm like, eh, maybe I'll check some of them out. But. So, yeah, that is E3, everybody. Happy Whoa. 3. Of course, this is like three-week-old news now, and no one cares, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Ay, ay, ay. Alright, that's enough catering to the, the giant corporations. We've given them enough enough screen time. So let's uh, pick up our journey in the, the fabled Castle Oblivion. And let's see, I, th- I think next up on our itinerary is we're stopping by Pooh's Honey Cart. The, his, mm-hmm. his artisanal honey jars and the, the hundred <laughs> Acre Wuad. Is is his new restaurant name? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing right now. It's poo time, baby. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, this is our. This is our. Uh, I mean, it's equivalent to KH one. It's it's the hundred acre wood in general. It's still just like the happy go lucky world. Yeah. Before we get into it, you did a little research slash recollecting of uh, what hundred acre wood was like in the original Game Boy Advance version, which I didn't even realize that it that that world was in the Game Boy version. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm curious to hear how it was handled in that version compared to yeah. now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at the end of last episode I said, uh, back in original Chain of Memories, you're going to hear it again. Yep. Here, spoiler alert, you're going to hear it again right here. But yeah, I remember, this is the, I wouldn't say the most jarring thing, but this, it made most sense when it jumped to the PS to, mm-hmm. to rehash the Hundred Acre Wood. So the original Hundred Acre Wood on GBA, it's the same premise, just less minigames. It's a Pooh has to find all of his friends again for whatever reason in the world we need to find our friends. I mean, I guess it is based off Sora's memory of Hundred Acre Wood, which is just like, hey, we get a torn page, we get to go see a friend again, gabagooey, yada yada yada. But the original GBA version was just a long... It was a long room that you basically... Because G, because original Chain Memories was isometric, you essentially went to, you would walk down and right constantly. But it was like one <sighs> big, long, continuous room with like little obstacles. Like uh, a very uh, poo slot... Uh, when you guide poo up to the, uh, the swing mm-hmm. in, a, in OG, it's just... It, but it, I make a room out of that where you just constantly walk forward and be like, Pooh Bear, come here! And he waddles over to you. Okay. There's like, you know, there's little obstacles, there's holes everywhere, there's bees, and so on and so forth. And you just, you walk into, I think they're like, I got, again, verbatim, like, our interactions with them uh, in what we're about to talk about. But, yeah, you walk Pooh to all of his friends, and then you walk to the end of Hundred Acre Wood. That's, it's basically it. But yeah, original Hundred Acre Wood, like, maybe 10 to 15 minutes and you're done. Yep. This one... A little bit longer. Yeah, just a smidge. So, when I first played Recom, I was definitely not expecting a whole new 100 Acre Wood with five new minigames. So, that's something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's just neat how it, like, breaks the very formulaic progression of the worlds thus far. Oh, yeah. So, plot-wise, literally just Poe needs to find his friends. But, yeah, this is one of those worlds where it's confusing... Like, does Sora remember the characters or not? Because in the first cutscene, 
they like get to talking and Pooh's like, oh, I miss my friends or whatever. And then randomly Sora will just say Pooh's name, like, I'll help you, Pooh. And then Pooh will say Sora's name. And I like, I like scrubbed <laughs> back through it. Like I looked it up on YouTube and I was like, wait, do they, do they introduce themselves at some point? Like what, how do they know each other's names? And no, they don't. So they just, they just drop each other's names randomly and don't <sighs> explain it. <laughs> Chain of memories! Yeah. And it's especially weird when you consider how in Kingdom Hearts 2, there's already memory shenanigans going on. So it's like, is this a chain of memories thing? Is this just a poo thing? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. I, I, well, you had the same, th- you had the thought and I was just like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pretend the boys are playing dumb, or just they really don't know anything when they go into a new world. Yeah, uh, for me, it's easier to just assume that they, yeah, they've forgotten everything instead of just this weird case yeah. by case basis. Exactly. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of what story you'll get in this world. <laughs> it's just go from room to room. Each room's a new mini game, uh, usually tying to some character, um, and then that's that's it. Mini games. Let's talk about them. All right, mini game gauntlet, baby. Woo! So I don't, I don't actually know the names for most of them. I didn't write that down. But um, the first <laughs> one but... is the um, it's for rabbits' little garden, and it's the the vegetable sorting mini game, which sounds super boring when you say it out loud. But actually. This is probably <laughs> my favorite question mark. It's, pro- it's definitely the most consistent, I think. It's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, no, it's not bad, to be honest. Um, it's It's got just enough going on where you're not super bored, but it's not, it's not like, frustrating like some of the minigames in other Hundred Acre Woods mm. where you're like, ugh, can this just definitely. be over with? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say about it, really. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> The premise, yeah, the, for those who aren't playing, the premise is just that cabbages and pumpkins are coming down. You have to hit either square or circle to sort them correctly. Yep. Um, sometimes Pooh Bear gets, sometimes Pooh just wanders into traffic. Yeah, he gets a little over-eager. So you have to do a stri- <laughs> yeah, sometimes you get a strike rate to sort the stuff ahead of time so Pooh doesn't get mowed down by a U-Haul, but whatever. <laughs> yep. And then uh, sometimes uh, carrots will just show up to trip you up, and then sometimes they'll also be they're a, a big vegetable that you have to strike raid multiple times to knock out of the way Um, yeah yeah Yeah, like there's enough going on in these mini games where like like the strike raid thing you just mentioned like it shakes it up just a little bit right when you're like all right this is getting a little boring so i appreciate that exactly uh-huh yeah Alrighty. so after that it's honey tree time and that means Pooh is gonna grab his little balloon and yeah this one's also eh, this one's just fine in my opinion so you uh, you float up the tree yeah. and you steer yourself like pretty slowly to like gather the little honey and you have to like navigate between the branches and whatnot. It's very similar while I was playing it. Remind me of um, there's a star in Super Mario Galaxy when you're in the little bubble and you have to blow yourself around oh. a tree to like avoid mm-hmm. the branches. <laughs> so yeah, just avoid the branches, get all the the honey. Except it doesn't really matter if you're just doing it for the story. So it's fine. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I tried to get everything, which is actually you get the trophy. I realized mm-hmm. as when I was looking at it later, which sucked. You have to perfect the thing. Yeah, you can just honestly just zoom to the top and just get it over. Yeah, with, if you <laughs> if you so desire. Trying to get everything was a pain in the ass. I don't recommend doing it really, <laughs> unless you want to torture yourself. Yeah, it goes on a little too long if you're. 
collecting yeah. every little honey drop. Like, the thing that annoys me is that the balloon is probably like in, like if Sora were to if you were to like rip off Sora's arm and stick it on top of his head, that's like where the height of the balloon is. So, but your your like Sora's body is the only thing that can collect the honey. So your hitbox to to get like to run into a bee or to get a uh, rot into a branch is much bigger than your hitbox to collect items is, which kind of pisses me off. Yeah. Uh, in the recesses of my mind, because like there'll be like a, a honey that's very close to a tree branch, and you have to kind of like very lightly mash circle, be like huh, 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 and then you end up running into the branch anyway, and be like nah. Mm, yeah. So that's that. Next up, we run into Tigger, and he wants us to bounce. It's basically a Simon Says minigame, like, remember the button sequence. Repeat the button sequence. And it slowly adds new buttons on each time, and it's fine. I mean, we've all done this minigame, so... Exactly. Yeah. Nothing too crazy here. There's, like... Isn't there a gimmick in this one? I forget what it was. But, like, something will happen to, like, shake it up. Am I crazy? Um, I don't think so, because uh, I got to the amount of points needed for a trophy, and it was just pretty straightforward uh, the entire time. Alrighty. Well, was never it, mind. Wasn't like Kanga, Kanga comes out with an AK and he's like, better dance! <laughs> exactly. Okay. And then, yeah, it's just jump on the different stumps, and each stump correlates to one of the face buttons, so... Mm-hmm. Do the thing. But while you're here, there's a, there's a Spellbinder card... That you can pick up in the chest. There's Kevin's hidden treasure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the only treasure chest in Hunter Wood, if I'm not mistaken, actually. Mm. So, yeah, that's neat. You want to go through the stats real quick? Very quickly. Spell binder. The first strike is a D plus. The middle strike is an A. Nice. And it ends in a D plus. So you want it to be the second in a combo you're using. Yep. And this is our, I guess, first canonical, unless you go back to the Room of Rewards. Rooms in the old worlds, but this is the first keyblade that isn't just physical. It's a magical keyblade because mm. it's spellbinder. So this is a lightning element keyblade. So uh, just don't hit a wizard or a, uh, a, th- a yellow opera with it, and you'll be totally fine. Nice. But yeah, if, if anything is weaker, weak to magic or weak to thunder magic, uh, bada bing, bada boom, and. Uh, Speaking of, because I, I went back to the room rewards, I had to I had to deep dive into what the hell neutral was. So, uh, fun fact: I went back the room of reward, and I think Olympus gives you metal chocobo, and which, which is also a neutral keyblade. And I had to be like, what the hell is neutral? It's just like, it's basically magic, but with no element, essentially. Okay. So, if you care about that, but I don't think it plays too much of a larger role, and just like you could ignore this you don't need like these special keyblades to make it to the end of re- of recom but if you want to they're there yeah Alrighty. next up is whirlwind plunge which i just wrote as it's the prototype for the dive uh, mini game and dream drop distance cuz it plays almost exactly the same 100% it's uh <laughs> uh i remember seeing that before i i played it and it's it's exactly what it is it's just it's wild because it's like it's very similar to the balloon game. Like instead of going up to get the honey uh, points orbies, you're going down to get the honey orbies. Yep. But they obscure so much of your damn vision. Like I'm just like, 
okay, and all of a sudden, ah, there's a tree in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I found it very hard to, it wasn't very hard to do, but I was just like on edge the entire time of like, it's the equivalent of like blinking and all of a sudden there's a truck uh, <laughs> in a head, coming in a head-on collision with me. Yeah, but no, it's it's fun just because yeah, it's like a little more active. Mm-hmm. Like all these mini games are like yeah, <laughs> that that's fine. I'll take it. And so the last one is it's kind of clever. So it actually integrates the card battle system into a mini game. Mm-hmm. So you're protecting Pooh from the bees as he like gathers the honey or whatever he's doing. I think Pooh's just vibing. Yeah, it's. I don't think he's doing anything. Wait, you have to just beat the bees away. Yeah, it's basically just, like, an actual fight, but you're fighting bees. So you got, like, a little bee card to mess him up. You got a honey card to heal Pooh if he gets messed up. And then you got... I think you, you have an arrow card to, for, like, an, an AoE to get rid of all the bees if you're getting overwhelmed. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of clever how they, like, actually, you know, tied it back to the main mechanic. Do I care for it, though? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, it is just the actual main card combat system, which I made no secret I'm not a fan of particularly, so at the end of the day, I'm not, like, too big on this minigame, but I don't know. I like the novelty of, like, the 100-acre wood cards and, like, actually fighting, quote-unquote, in the True. yeah, this is the, this, this is the most combat the 100-acre wood has ever seen. Yeah, so, I don't know. I guess I just like it for being a cute little twist, but, like, is it fun? Eh, not necessarily. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So in terms of mini games, yep. story wise, I don't know. They they learn the value of friendship. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think it's basically it. Like they get to the end, and Sora's like, "I think who did we find all your friends?" Yeah, yeah. Something something along the lines of uh, it, it really, as people who have played Kingdom Hearts two, it really blends. The, it very much blends into Cage two's like. For, we've forgotten everything that's happened. Yep. So it, fe- it feels very one in the same. Because, like, Pooh is like, oh, Sora, I'll try to remember you. And Pooh... <laughs> or no, Sora's like, because uh, obviously he's, he knows that, oh, I'm in Castle Oblivion, I'm going to forget crap. Pooh, and P- I wrote down, Pooh flexes on Sora. He just says, Pooh will never forget you, Sora. <laughs> yeah, who would forget? How could I forget them big old clown shoes? Who would forget their friends? Some kind of monster? <laughs> So, yeah, that's how Baker Wood. It's nice because it's just, yeah, go room to room, do some mini games that aren't too terrible. Nice little change of pace. Like, compared to Kingdom Hearts 1, like, yeah, these mini games are way ahead. <laughs> Which is, you know, not saying a lot because these mini games are still just okay. But, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely better than Cage 1 because, yeah, I think they used, definitely looked at Kingdom Hearts 2 as a template going back to recom so it's definitely more of that sort definitely, of active yeah. play style so yeah mm-hmm. i'll take it it's pretty inoffensive yeah so yep that's that and then as a parting gift uh very appropriately just as we get him as a summon and the original kingdom hearts one as a reward for 100 acre wood we get a bambi card so woo! i didn't use bambi at all yeah me neither but yeah <laughs> This stray deer followed me out of the woods, and I don't know how to get rid of him. <laughs> uh, that's the entire mood. I know I've seen Bambi in a lot of slates. That's, yeah. that's most I can tell you about Bambi. And then, well, I guess before we exit Hunter Acre Wood, uh, a lot of our minigame rewards are, like, slates. Like, I know, like it's funny, because Piglet's 
pig, pig that's like, here's how to confuse the hell out of your enemies. No, I think Pooge, uh, not Poop. I think Piglet gives you confused. But one of them's like claw, cross slash plus. So like, I think Cloud's just been chilling in the hundred acre wood for too long. People are like, ah, I, I just imagine Cloud walking with like a piglet dressed exactly like Cloud, with like a little Buster Sword and everything. <laughs> but yeah, most of your rewards are slates. You do get um a Mega Ether and an Elixir for the first time. Other than that, you get. You get slates for most of the rewards. Yeah. From here. So you'll you'll make out with some shiny new toys. Definitely worth your time. So yeah. Yeah. Moving on. It's XL time, baby. And Sora Woo! is on the the downward sling of his uh his mood spirograph. <laughs> <laughs> Where yeah, it's it's been a minute since I played, but I'm pretty sure in this cutscene he's sad. I remember he walks eh, eh, screw it, go ahead. Yeah, I think he he's just, you know, somber over Riku, so instead of angry, now he's all mopey, and Don and Goofy have to, like, yeah. talk him up, and it's just, like, really annoying, because it's like, Sora, can you just please pick a mood and stick with it, instead of just... Plain, please, child. <laughs> yeah, he's so moody. Yeah, I think the exact opposite reaction to him, to him. I was like, great, no Riku fight for the second time in a row? Thank God. Well, yes, that's that's always a plus. But, like, it's just Ugh. it's just frustrating for all the Castle Blade on cutscenes, just because it is so formulaic. He starts off this one super angry, and now he starts off this one super sad, and it's just, like, feels really, like, it just drags on. Mm-hmm. Cuts back to the organization deriding Vexen, basically, and making fun of him, because, ah, your stupid weird toy doesn't work. Uh, you suck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your Riku isn't working anymore. <laughs> My experiment is fine. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, he's he's really invested in it, but no one else really seems to care, which is weird when you consider future games, the role Vexen plays. Like, no one... They're all acting mm-hmm. like this is just some weird side experiment of his that they don't actually, like... It's not like a priority for them, so it's weird how they're all so dismissive of it. Yeah, it's. It, I I kind of also had this thought. I forgot that maybe in Vexen's initial Ravine trailer, he's like, "Oh, I've been in the basement, or I've been in my lab up until now." And then I remembered that in Reverse Rebirth, where we work our way from the basement bottom to the top of the yeah. basement, and that some different organization members yep. are in the basement level. Yeah. So I, I feel like it, it's, I wouldn't say warranted, but it kind of adds that, like, what are you doing with, with, with us here at the cool table, Vexen? Go back to the basement where you belong. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, a very interesting social hierarchy going on with the organization. I think it literally says the equivalent of, like, I am number four! Yeah, totally. And Marluxia's like, I don't care. I have fabulous hair. Exactly. Also, we see Marluxia's hair for the yeah. first time. What a, what a, what a glorious lock, uh, bunch of locks he's got. So pretty. So they kind of, like, egg Vexen on, and they're like, well, if you think you're so tough, why don't you go fight Sora? Or, like, something to that effect. And then he, like, takes the bait, and then they get mad at him for it. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, what do you want? Well, first of all, you want Sora alive, so one, why are you daring Vexen to fight him? But also, mm-hmm. why are any of you fighting him at all? <laughs> yeah, because even... Well, I should say, with uh, with Lark, for, the, for the first Larkseen fight, uh, Axel was about to get up, and she's like, no, I want to test Sora yeah, this we're, time. We're, it's we're, very much we're a, testing him. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're leading him. Although I think our Larxene's fight is literally because her fight ends with him giving him because her fight is at the end of uh, the first batch of world cards. So she's like, "Oh, sorry, you're so strong. Here, take these world cards and keep keep progressing through the t- I'm about to say the tower." Keep progressing through the castle. Yep. So, yeah, Vexen is gonna prove himself. He's all fired up. But then, yeah, they, like, go on to, like, blame him for it, basically. And it's like, well, you're the one who yeah. told you. Like, they're, basically, they're just looking for a reason to kill Vexen. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. So, cut back to the Goober squad. I think in this cutscene is when they kind of, like, maybe it's Jiminy, but he, like, points out, like, uh, we're, like, losing our memories, like really fast so we should probably decide now if we're like in this all the way or do we want to go back this <laughs> on the 10th floor of the castle yeah like they're like finally like hmm, maybe we should stop and think about this and then Sora basically decides for the whole group or Don and Goofy are just too nice and I'm like well we'll let you decide and he's like hmm, yeah mm-hmm. let's keep going <laughs> which to me, was so crazy. I was, it's the memory loss part that gets me because they haven't really showcased like the the slow leakage of memories. Like up until now, it's all of a sudden it's like it's really hard to remember everything now, guys. What did I have for breakfast this morning? Yeah, like it's only like only like very specific things do they forget. But other than that, they seem like they're yeah. fine. So yeah, it's not really clear like exactly how much. <laughs> the memory sort of manipulation is, like, affecting them. So, really, like, as far as Sora's concerned, the only thing he's forgotten is Kyrie, in place of, like, he just remembers Nomine, but it seems like everything else... Well, you know, as we've been saying, it's unclear how much he uh, remembers of the Disney worlds, but... Yeah, exactly. it's not... It's, yeah, it's weird, because it's not so much that he's forgetting, it's more just he's being mind-controlled to obsess over Nomine basically so it's not really him being like confused like oh who am i where am i who are you it's just i need to save nominee and they just use memory to get to that sort of conclusion but it's not like his other memories are really being messed up so it's it's not super yeah. cut and cut and dry yeah i think it's a very bad I mean, it's a very it's a very good uh, uh, <laughs> It's a very good example, which is unfortunate, of uh, telling, not showing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, it, it's basically, it, you know, it's it's our our big lore drops in the middle of a cutscene, our big, uh, you know, exposition dump, insert here type of deal. It yep. doesn't feel natural. It's just like, well, golly gee, guys, like, our memories are really, really fading. Yeah. Is this even worth it? But, like, we haven't seen that. At all. Exactly. The the biggest thing was uh, our last Riku fight, which is the, the floor before this. Mm-hmm. Riku's like, do you remember the kids back on the island? Sora's like, oh, shit. Like, don't don't talk about them. Sora's like, I didn't even remember them before we came to Castle Oblivion. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was like, uh, besides Goofy being like, holla, hurla. Like, yeah, exactly. Holla, whoa, whoa, that... Uh, that's the that's the jumps that we yeah made. that's like the only other example I can think of yeah <laughs> so yeah it's just that's probably another reason why the plot just doesn't really do it for me because I'm like this just feels like a very manufactured conflict or like or like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't feel like the stakes are actually there so yeah and I guess also it to to it adds to the adds to the frustration of it's I'm pretty sure word for word 
uh, the dialogue is the same as original Chain of Memories. So I don't think they ever got a chance or didn't get the authority to update the dialogue. Like, we could have made, like, little itty-bitty tweaks because it is, like, a remake, mm. kind of. But I think they were just like, nope, the straight and narrow. Don't you ever go off the path ever again. Yeah. So, I mean, it's literally, at this point, five-year-old dialogue. It just, like, doesn't work as good anymore. Totally. So, yeah. Next up, good old Hollow Bastion. Holo, Honolulu, Hulu Plus. Yeah, it's Holobastion, which, yeah, it's weird how it's just treated as any other world card. Like, you could make that the first world you explore in the second batch. It doesn't make a difference. And yeah. once you actually explore and, like, you know, go through it, you see why. Because it's all about... Beast and Belle's story and, like, Maleficent's kind of awkwardly shoved in. <laughs> yeah, no, there's nothing in there about, you know, saving Kyrie and Ansem revealing himself and all that. So, like, none of the actual plot stuff. And princesses. Yeah. Which makes it weird, because it feels like Sora, Don Goofy, like, this is a major problem in later Kingdom Hearts games, where they just awkwardly stand on the side as the plot unfolds before them. Uh, and that's definitely the case yeah. in this world where <laughs> they just kind of tag along, even though they don't really have any sort of investment in what's going on. So exactly, you enter the world and yeah, it's like immediately Beast and Belle have their little conflict where Beast is like, Belle, I've come to save you. And she's like, just go away. How could I love or love a hideous thing like you? Just, just get out of here, you stupid animal. <laughs> And yeah, so our Don Goofy show up, and they're like, oh, I hope we're not interrupting anything. <laughs> and yeah, it's just weird, because there's like this super emotional moment, like immediately, and then they're like, well, we can help, I guess. And yeah, like they just immediately glob onto Beast without any sort of proper introduction. And it's just awkward. Like, read the room, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's... <sighs> So speaking of things that are manufactured, <laughs> mm-hmm. this plot, yeah, it's there's definitely like something though. Yeah, I'll I'll give it to them because it's a little more interaction between Beast and Bell, whereas in the first game, like, well, one Bell didn't even have any dialogue and actual cutscenes, so like you really didn't get a I sense was... of their relationship. <laughs> mm. I was about to say Bell finally has a voice, but she actually doesn't because it's all text yeah, bubbles still. She just can't catch a break. <laughs> uh. No royalties for you, voice actor. Mm-hmm. So, we start exploring, and all sorts of Ooh. knickknacks and doodads to interact with. Yeah, we have some of the stuff we've seen in, uh... We have some of the familiarities of KH1's Hollow Bastion. We got yeah. the crystal switches, they activate, like, lifts and stuff. I should say lifts and stuff, platforms, and move up and down. There are these weird, I don't know what to call them, I label them as confusion bolts, with, like, ever so often... A little structure will just like send like a spark, like an like a electric ball your way, and you get hit by it. Your controls are reversed. Mm. Um, there are what I I labeled as zappy pyramids, which are these little pyramid structures that you hit, and then they'll just zap uh, stuff in their area. Mm-hmm. So it's basically this world's use of barrels uh, to stun and to hurt uh, enemies in the overworld before you go into a fight. Is what I saw. And then there's these, uh, I guess it mixes the Hall of Bastion, because we see a lot of pipes going in different directions, but we don't really interact with them in KH1, but there's, like, uh, little pipes that just spew harmful gas in your direction. 
Yeah, it's the most ma- it's the most like interactables or new interactions we've gotten a map card world card so far. So yeah. I give it to them. It's it's all bashing through and through. Yeah. So naturally, you'll be fighting some wizards and defenders and wyverns. The gang's all here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as you make your way through all the different key rooms, you slowly peel away uh, Bell's plot. So, surprise, surprise, like an onion. she's not being mean to Beast because she hates him. She's being mean to Beast because she loves him. Aww. She's trying to get him to, like, go away because Maleficent's plotting against him for some reason. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and one thing that I, I appreciated was, um, I don't remember which cutscene it was exactly, but Beast actually kind of explains his backstory of, like, how he was transformed into this hideous monster, because that... That wasn't in Kingdom Hearts One. Yeah, it was. It was, they kind of expected you, yeah, the, exactly. the player, to know who Beast was. Yeah, which, which, depending on which area you're from, wasn't you know wasn't too hard to know. Yeah, really. Uh, Beast of Bell. That's the gist. Yeah. So you know, it's one of those situations where the lovers trying to protect her her other lover, but then we're, we're just going to power through and use some good old uh, violence to solve the issue. <laughs> we woke up every day and we choose violence. Yeah. So yeah, Bell, uh, Maleficent's planning to... I don't know what she's planning exactly. She wants to like steal Beast's heart because it's really strong or because it's got some darkness. I don't, I don't know. She just says something like, oh, that's a good heart. <laughs> Mmm, mm, that's a fresh heart for the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's a strong heart uh, at the end of the day, yeah. Yeah, I guess. It's just weird why she's so focused on Beast specifically, but I guess it's just because, well, he's the only character we had in all of Bastion, so that's what you get. Hey, he's he's strong. I guess to be fair, in King, because it is kind of based off Sora's memories, in KH1, our first interaction with Beast and Beast and Riku screaming at each other he's like how'd you even get here you don't have a ship and he's like my heart led me here yeah it's just strange because maleficent and beast literally have no interaction in kingdom hearts one so there's no basis for her yep. being interested in, in him it's more of a zaldan thing in kingdom hearts 2 <laughs> so it, it was just yeah. kind of weird to me how they're like kind of crossing some wires to make maleficent fit into <laughs> the plot but eh it's yeah. fine i guess <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's serviceable, and I guess the only interactions they have in KH one are what I wouldn't even call them interactions. It's more of like, oh, that foul creature has followed us here, and uh, she like does some shenanigans. I remember when uh, before we fight uh, Riku in his uh, wonderful skirt for the first time, she makes like an illusion of Bell. Yeah. Uh, so Beast runs away, and he's like, "Oh, Bell, Bell found you." Yeah. So there's a little something, but nothing that would like. Hence that Maleficent was interested in Beast's heart, but whatever. So, yeah. speaking of hearts, uh, Maleficent catches on to Belle's ploy, and then she just control-alt-deletes her. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she, like, goes to kill Beast, yeah. and knowing that Belle would jump in the way, and she's like, hoo, hoo, hoo. I was aiming to collect your heart, but I'll take hers as well. Yeah, it's, like, really surprising. She just completely, like, annihilates her and turns her into a heart and you're like oh damn <laughs> wasn't expecting that <laughs> she's dead she's not really dead she just reverted to her primordial <laughs> form <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yep, Maleficent's got her heart now, so it's time to go fight her. <gasps> so, Beast joins the party now. You get his friend card. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Making our way to the Key of Truth room. It's time for a fight. And she just goes full aggro and immediately spawns her dragon form. No surprise. Wagon. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a fighting time. So, my Sonic Blade strategy wasn't nearly as effective on a target <laughs> that is raised above the ground. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But luckily, we have a gimmick card that makes the fight much easier. It makes the it like almost too easy, in my opinion, which is fine because yeah, I think we both have horror horror stories when it comes to fighting Dragon Maleficent. So the fact there's an easy version of it, I think, puts my soul at rest just a little bit more. Yeah, like I'll I'll never complain about a gimmick card making my life easier. <laughs> so yeah, once you use it, um. It, like, stuns Maleficent for a little bit, but it gives you, like, a platform to stand on, which... It's kind of like how car- uh, Magic Carpet works in Agrabah and Kingdom Hearts 2, where it's, like, constantly yeah. underneath you. So it's basically like you're walking on air, so you can do all your regular oh, combos. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you're, like, level with her head now, so now I can spam my Sonic Blade and it'll fix everything. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, uh... This is probably the most interesting fight to translate from KH1 to Recom, I think. Also, I, uh, because at this point, just a meme, uh, in the original Chain of Memories, uh, because it wasn't as 3D, obviously, the gimmick card, I remember, was just, like, a stack of platforms, instead of, like, instead of the, like, roaming lift we get, which is a godsend, like, these three, like, stones just fall down from the, the sky and go, chonka, 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 and... You could just stand on the top, and hmm. it would literally, it would literally, if you if you stood on them, it would leave you level with where Maleficent's head would be. So you could spam your your normal combos, but every time she did either the the step attack or a, just an attack in general, one of the rocks would get knocked away. So, uh, like over the course of a minute, she would knock away the three rocks. So you you know back to having nothing to stand on to help you get to the head, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> because I have nightmares of Maleficent, uh, uh, for, from Cage One, uh, Dragon Fight, when she, uh, when she, anytime she tries to turn, she has her little, little stompies that also really, really, really hurt and just trap you in a corner and destroy you. Uh, that is an attack, so every time, well, she, she has like her fire move, uh, which will just blanket the area and you're like, ah, I should move over here. And then her stompy, She'll still do it, but it's also an attack like you can break. So a few times I just tried to break her. Like, what if, like, she's, oh, she's turning towards me. What if I just destroy her car? She's like, oh, no, you stunned me. All right, I gotta, I gotta do my stompies again to see you, Sora. And I'm just like, uh, it's kind of awkward at the end of the day. But mm-hmm. that just her, like, her movement was an attack. I mean, you could just trap her in the corner. Well, I shouldn't say trap her in the corner. You could trap her in one direction if you so desire, but... Eh? It's yeah. kind of weird. Her moves are annoying, but we have a floating platform to guide us to victory, so... Uh, probably the easiest Dragon Maleficent fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yep. Yep. We beat her, and the day is saved, and Belle and yeah. Beast realize, Ah, I love you, you big lug. <laughs> so they're reunited, and it feels so good. And Exactly. All I really remember from this cutscene is just Sora and their gang just awkwardly leaving without 
they don't really say anything. <laughs> they just leave Belle and Beast to, like, have their moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they, they uh, Belle and Beast really embrace, and they're like, okay, we should leave now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, thanks for coming, guys. Bye! Yeah, pretty much. So, they waltz mm. on out, and that's... That is it for all of the Kingdom Hearts 1, I guess, story worlds. Um, so, from here on out... We'll get one card at a time, so it really bottlenecks you. But mm-hmm. now we step on out to the exit hall, and I hope you weren't getting too comfortable because it's time for another boss fight, baby. <sighs> Fine, Mom. So Vexen is uh, holding up his end of his little dare, and he's he's here to prove his worth. He's here for <laughs> for an icy fight, so. Yeah, let's fight him, I guess. <laughs> a fight he shall have. Yes, exactly. So, too long didn't read for me. I just used Sonic Blade, <laughs> and it was super good. And Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's pretty much that. <laughs> okay, so... I thought you were going to start using Sonic Blade. <laughs> no! I did try it, but not, not on this boss fight. Mm. Um, in a little bit, I'll tell you of the tale of how I just made a Sonic Blade deck to try it out. <laughs> nice. But I did make a Sonic Blade deck. Correct. Um, Vexen is a weird fight. Because all the organization members, like, do they all have an element? I don't think they all have an element, but they all have a unique weapon, at least. Vexen's kind of weird. You got a shield. So uh, there are some points where you just hit the shield, unfortunately. It's mostly, I feel like, whenever he goes to reload his deck, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, like, oh, now's my chance to strike. I feel like his shield is up most of the time, so usually the most vulnerable part of a boss, he's like, nope, 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 child, get away from me, don't you, don't you think about touching me! Mm-hmm. But yeah, Vexen, it wasn't too bad of a fight, he's like, I mean, obviously he's a, he's a mage, a scientist, he's the most magical of the group, yep. so most of his attacks are going to be the mad, the blue cards, his, te- technically his magic cards, and his physical cards are pretty limited, like, I think his only physical attack is like, he swings at you, and then there's, like, an, a second swing, and the second swing makes, like, an ice spike. Because there's sometimes where you're like, ha, oh, I dodged that, and then all of a sudden there's ice impale Sora uh, completely in two. But mm-hmm. uh, I realized as the fight went on that actually he's pretty easy to kind of exploit at the end of the day. Ooh, uh, nice. His, his, yeah, his, his magic attack is just, like, a he takes, like, a few seconds, summons, like, an ice spike, and yeets it at you. If you are, I would, there's an easy way to do it. Uh, I did the same, because I did the same thing for the last Dark Riku fight, every time he did Dark Faraga, or maybe the upcoming Dark Riku fight, uh, just how to dodge Dark Faraga. But Vexen basically casts an Ice Spike at you, and it'll, it'll kind of, it basically does home in on you, so even if you dodge it, it'll still, like, circle the arena trying to hit Sora. But if it interacts with the ground, or the, the barrier, like, the wall of the arena, it goes away. So I would either just hang out by the arena and then when it comes at me i would dodge roll into it it would hit the wall dissipate um but the more common one was just i would hang around vexen's front as he did that and then i would dodge roll into him and he would aim like directly down basically and the ice spike would just make contact with the ground and immediately just disappear so uh that neutralizes the most common threat of the fight basically nice yay and he has, he has two slates. One is Freeze, which is, it's similar to Ice Spike, where he just, like, takes a few seconds and then casts something at you. In this case, it's, he'll freeze you in place, and then he'll come over and, 
since Slap Sora, 10 ways to Sunday. Uh, but also, you can just dodge roll to avoid it. Uh, he has like a, you know, he has his animation. He'll reach out his arm and cast the spell at you. If you really dodge roll as he casts, uh, the, fr the block of ice like targets where you are. So if you aren't there anymore, you just, you get off scot-free. So, yay! Um, he does have one slate called Icy Needles, which is pretty hard to avoid, so just break it. He, it's the one where he just makes like a, a ice on the ground that just chases you. That's, that's really it. Yeah. So, even though he loses, the other organization members blame him for trying to attack you, and they decide this is, <laughs> this is an act of treason against the organization. He must be eliminated. Mm -hmm. They basically sick Axel on him and say, go kill him. And Axel's like, ah, I was waiting for you to say that. He's James Bond. He's got a license to kill now. Yeah. Also, just Axel moments, because we love Axel. Yeah, so Vexen is officially on the outs. Fire versus ice. Place your breaths. And once you beat Vexen, he taunts you. See, you fool, you played into my trap. While you were fighting me, I was gathering your data on your memories. For some mm -hmm. reason. <laughs> and with that data, I created this new card for you to use. <laughs> oh, boy! So we get a card from the other side of Sora's heart. <gasps> oh, Ooh. what does that mean? Your passport to good old Twilight Town? Even though this isn't in my memories. And for some reason, I can tell the difference between that and the other memories that I don't have anymore. But no, this one for sure, I know <laughs> I've never been to. Like, what? Ugh, shut up. Yep. I may have forgotten who my parents are, and I'm not sure if I've eaten in the last three days, but I've never been to Twilight Town, sir. That does not make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like they would just... <gasps> I feel like they, they should have here uh, put a lot of emphasis on... The other side of Sora's heart, or other side of his memories, or whatever, as opposed to like, yeah, we've never been here before. Yeah. Like, like, what the hell is the other side of me? Yeah, like, they should have had Sora make some sort of nod, or like some sort of um, acknowledgement that, like, there's something about this memory that's different, where, like, I remember it, but not really, and I don't know how I remember it. Just something like that. Exactly, yeah. Where you're like, oh, mm -hmm. I see what's happening here. <laughs> For now, it's just, well, we've never been here, but whatever, let's explore. So, yeah, Twilight Town, baby. It's a very short world. There's only the, the one key. Yep, it's just a key of beginning worlds. The, the one thing I have at the beginning is that, uh, well, they we just made the joke of, we've never been here before. And they say that when they walk in. But Jiminy points out <laughs> the logical explanation of maybe we've been here but also, we've been losing memories! Yep. So maybe we've forgotten that we've ever been here. TBH. Yep. Uh, and then we get a, a shot of Naminé's good luck charm. And if it, it fades to black, you just see Naminé looking over Sora's shoulder like, Ugh, that's, that's mine. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, not, not much to say about the world itself. It's a first time seeing Twilight Town. Ooh. Yeah, so just fight through the rooms and then... You get to the key of beginning pretty quickly if you know what you're doing. And, yep. yeah, for some reason, we get a, a fully voice cutscene within one of the worlds. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's at the old mansion, and it's time to square off against Vexen again. <laughs> yeah, while he's spouting off his villainous dialogue, uh, we get a we get a title drop. He said Chain of Memories! Yeah, 
And he basically calls out Sora for being super stupid. And he's just speaking nothing but <laughs> truths. And he's like, listen, yeah, if you're... Like, if you're going to be the Keyblade Master, you can't be so easily manipulated, you chump. Like, you're basically a tool right now. And so I was like, but nominee. <laughs> and Vexen's like, but listen, I I'm explaining to you that nominee is just a construct <laughs> used to get you to do the organization's bidding, but you're not listening. And so I was like, but nominee. But nominee. He's also, because, like, Vexen, like, teases him about Riku. So Sora, like, also, like... He says something like, if it means saving uh, Nominee and Riku, then I'll I'll fight you. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it was a bit of a leap on his part of just like, I mean, obviously it's just Sora being mad because he's mad this entire game. But um, it just feels like he's just redirecting his anger at whoever's the nearest target is. It's like, killing Vexen is not going to get you Nominee or Riku. If anything, it's going to put them farther away because Vexen seems to actually know what's happening and he can give you information <laughs> it's not like he personally is holding them captive exactly yeah no it's uh his big angie moment comes from like you're the one who's controlling riku yeah. or something to to that regard so he's like i'm gonna beat the ever-living crap out of you basically just vexen just can't catch a break <laughs> yeah literally no one's on his side <laughs> uh <laughs> He's the outcast. He's the social outcast of, organiza- of the organization. Yep. I can't even say Organization 13 at this point, really, but... The organization. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah, I-, I think Angry Sora is at least a little valid here, as opposed to just, like, I'm just gonna scream into the freaking ether. He's like, oh, you're controlling Riku. I'm trying to help Riku. Riku's my friend. Uh, but I yeah. can't... It's very hard to look at Angry Sora without laughing. Oh, totally. As well. Yeah. So, time for another fight, <sighs> baby. Hey, hope to like fighting Vexen again. Yeah. So, just one little note I had is um his like battle stance at the end of the cutscene when he summons his shield. Um, I just noticed like the little detail of like the little snowflakes that appear around his shield. Like, if you take a closer look, they like kind of look like digital slash like like some sort of mathematical like figure or like it even kind of mm. looked like um. I guess, like, a protein or, like, an amino acid or whatever. I'll just say it, like, kind of looked like a more, like, science design. So I just thought that was a nice touch that, like, they, like, added yeah. that into, like, you know, those little elemental flourish. So that was neat. Well, uh, we take what we can get around here with Chain of Memories. Exactly. If there's, if there's something that I thought was done well, no matter how small, I, I feel like I have to call it out to give the game some props. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. It's it's Vexen again. Did you Sonic Blade till death? Yep, I sure did. <laughs> All right. I also tossed in some um, Fyragas, but mm-hmm. I didn't have too many of them oh, stocked up. But obviously, if, like because I knew Vexen was coming up, I was like, I should use some fire on him. And yeah, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I I think in this, I think it was this fight. I got Donald to do Faraga on him, and oh my... Yeah. It might have been here in the first Vexen fight, but I got I got uh, Faraga from Donald at one point. And uh, big money. Big money, no whammies. Yeah, like, no. I think it took, a, like, a health bar and a half. You don't like it. I was like, Donald, Donald, <laughs> Donald do that again. Do that again, please. Yep, totally. Uh, I think I already got one off, though. But uh, it's Vexen 2.0. There's a little difference. He, he's got more item cards this time, so... 
he doesn't reload as often, so he's not as vulnerable as often. Uh. So he's got a few elixirs and a few ethers because his his main attacks are his magic cards. So for him, kind of makes sense. He's got a new slate called Slide Break, which is actually also pretty easy to avoid. He basically makes his shield bigger, almost kind of like a big ice cross. And he'll like he also learned glide like Sora, so he'll like kind of like shimmy sham across and like do like a swipe. He'll swipe at you again. He's like a third one, it's kind of an overhead. Uh, but you can just glide over the first two and then just not be in front of him when he does the other one, and you're pretty much okay. Yeah. And he makes use of auto life, which is which actually makes sense because that's when we get his villain card after the fight. That's what his his buff is. Uh, you get an auto revive, so we can kind of Captain Hook esque, where Captain Hook is like second chance basically. Vexen is a uh, uh, auto life, although I think. You get when he auto revives, he gets two bars of health. I'm not sure what the enemy card version does, but probably something to the same regard of, "Hey, Sora, don't die," and also here's a little bit of health. Mm-hmm. I was I was a curious boy, and also I was just in the journal. Turns out the the or I think it's just the organization cards, but I'll to, I'll double check and I'll confirm next week too. But the organization enemy cards when you use them. You actually get some background uh, weaknesses and strengths, which is, hmm. I think, a nice touch that no one will ever talk about because it's so insignificant. But yep. I think it's worth mentioning that when you use Vexen's card, so like when your auto revive is like chilling, waiting to proc, you're actually immune to ice, which won't matter too many times besides fighting what, like a Blue Rhapsody and a Wizard, probably? Exactly. So, Hey, look at Ingenuity! Unfortunately, not that useful. And also, you are stunned by fire. Don't, again, don't fight wizards. <laughs> don't fight red nocturnes. Yeah. But uh, it, it's a nice bit of flavor. I can say that much. But not very useful in the long run. Yep. So, yeah, once you beat him, Sora's convinced that that solved everything. And he tells Vexen, Yeah! Just put Riku back. Just put him back where you found him. <laughs> That's how this works, right? And Vexen's like, ugh. I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> and then, yeah, he proceeds to explain anyone with eyesight could see by now that, yeah, Sora, you're being used by their organization. <laughs> uh, nominee is just, just a false memory used to get you all riled up and angry, and you're falling for it. So, you're stupid. Don't do that. You're just a pawn in their plan, you child! But Sora... Mm, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'm going to go with the, the memory that just sprang to mind as soon as I entered this castle. That seems more reliable to me. Yeah, totally. But before they can have any more haughty exchanges, uh, it's Axel time, baby. Yo, Sora! <laughs> Axel, perfect timing and a perfect understanding of the English language. Mwah. Yeah. He's just memeing his way through the entire game. I'm, I'm here for it, though, really. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's definitely the most entertaining part of the game, for sure. So, mm. yeah, before Vexen could say too much, Axe was like, I'm going to set you on fire. And he does that. And Vexen, <laughs> like, begs for his life, basically. And then Axel's just like, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and just incinerates him. I'll be nothing. Yeah. Just a nobody. Yeah. Puts on sunglasses. 
Yeah, just classic Kingdom Hearts dialogue right there. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's definitely a very dark moment. Definitely stands out of like... Oh, definitely. An organization member basically turning on another in such a graphic way. And Sora, mm -hmm. like, has, like, a reaction where he's like, you monster, how could you do that? Which, from an audience perspective, sure, that makes sense, because, yeah, like, it's a very intense execution. But, like, from Sora's perspective, are you really trying to pretend, like, that's not exactly what you do to every boss that you fight? <laughs> <laughs> I kill monsters, but you're the real monster! <laughs> yeah, like, oh, Oogie Boogie, like, splitting a sack and then just devolving into millions of bugs and then Ursula choking on her own water and just disintegrating into this giant ink cloud and I don't know. Like, Sora, you need to look into a mirror because you also use violence to solve all your problems. No, no, no. Totally different. Totally different. Yeah, he's the hero, don't you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty much that. The question I'm left is, is why, why did we have to go to Twilight Town for this? <laughs> um... To lead into Kingdom Hearts 2? I guess. Like, is um, is this how it plays out in the GBA version as well? It's like Twilight Town yeah. is kind of sandwiched before, like, the end game, quote-unquote. Yep. Okay. Same dealio. Well, yeah, I guess it's just a tease, like, ooh, what is this place? But yeah, there's no real story yeah. significance for why this had to be Twilight Town specifically. Exactly. Um, TLDR... I was going to say it for the epilogue, but TLDR, I think it's pretty wild that they just threw Twilight Town in and Nomura snickering behind his desk, being like, these fools don't even know yet. But uh, I think it's a it's a pretty interesting choice to be like, and here's Twilight Town. Have fun, kids. But we won't know the significance of Twilight Town for another, another year because this came out the year in between one and two. So I guess it does make sense a little bit. It's not like we're going to plant this seed. It's not one of those like deep cuts of like, we're going to plant this seed in Kingdom Hearts 1, and we'll bring it up in 3. It's like, we're literally going to see the next game will explain what's going on, and it's coming out very soon. So, not as, like, a deep cut as it could have been, but I think it's pretty pretty fun. They were like, and Twilight Town. Yeah. Alrighty. Exit hall time. Woo! Yeah, back to the cool kids. They say, you murdered for us. You can be a cool kid, too. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah, so Larxine pretty much explains, yeah, no, we're we're planning to overthrow the organization. I just have to wonder, like, what does that actually mean? Like, what is their end goal here? Like, okay, you take over the organization, and then what? Yeah, at this point, as people who have played Kingdom Hearts 2, we understand what the hell Organization 13 is trying to engage too, but... It does bring, like you said, it brings to mind of like, all right, we take over the rest of the organization, and now what do we do? Yeah, because like, if your plan to overthrow the organization involves killing off members of the organization, then what good is taking it over? <laughs> all right, we've, we've <laughs> killed at least seven members, but we're as strong as we've ever been under this new leadership. Like, what? We had to weed out the weak. Yeah, I don't understand... And I don't, I don't know, maybe they'll, like, kind of let on, like, why Marluxia wants to take over in a little, like, later in the game. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it just kind of feels like it's not really going anywhere. It's just like, well, the, the, the traitors, whatever, it's fine. They're the yeah, bad guys. Yeah, we, we had to 
Ugh, we had to make sure there wasn't a traitor amongst us. Vexen was sus, Alex. Al Alex, Axel. Yeah. We know we now you're not sus anymore. You're a uh, crewmate. Yeah, and also, um, well, this is getting a little ahead of us, but we know that Axel specifically, like, his job is to root out traitors for the organization. I have to wonder, like, how common... I mean, first of all, there's only 13 of you, and, like, there you only just got to 13 recently? So it's like, how prevalent are traitors <laughs> and this group of 13 that you need an entire, like, double agent to, like, take them out? <laughs> it's just a mess. Yeah, I think... Uh, we'll, uh, we'll get a lot more context when we played 358 over two days. Yeah, totally. But now it's just kind of... It, it looks just, from the outside in for Chain of Memories' sake, it's just petty infighting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it feels like it just, it's not actually accomplishing anything. It's just, eh, we think we should be in charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Now, I could understand if there was, there was something that took place over the course of Calm that brought into, like, maybe Marluxia is not doing this for the right reasons. Or maybe, like... Lark scene seems to be helping Sora more than hindering Sora. Like, there could be, like... I feel like that could have been more interesting. Of, like, there, here's this development over the course of the story. As opposed to something that we're going to need pretense to really understand. Mm hmm So, it will be fleshed out in two games, three games from now. But for now, we're just like... Yay. Meh. So, back to the main plot. Riku just wastes no time for this cutscene. He's just literally standing there like, you want to fight? All right, let's do this. <laughs> I'm gonna stab you! I'm gonna stab you, Sora! Yeah. Riku is simping for Naminé Hardcore, but uh, Sora is simping for Riku. So, oh no. I don't want to uh, fight. Even though we've already done this two times. Yep. This is this is where I remembered uh, I had our... When we uh, would beat up Larxene. Or when Larxene beat us up. The first time we fight Larxene, there's the whole, like... Nominee's keychain or Nominee's good luck charm spiel. And then Riku's like, no, it's my good luck charm. And like, I was like, ah, oh, here's a, here's where I became a fool and forgot parts of the story for a game I've only played through once. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, they don't, they don't really, they don't really question why the fact they both have the exact same memory of Nominee. Yeah, like, she she clearly phoned that one in. She just literally copy-pasted. <laughs> like, ah, uh, something about a storm. Ah, I was scared. And a shooting star. Yeah. Oh, I, I, have to, I have to make Riku uh, follow me. And she looks over at Sora's memory, and she's like, what if I just control-C, control-V? Yeah. That works, <laughs> Listen, right? I, ha I have a deadline to hit. <laughs> I just need to get this done. These art commissions aren't, you know, gonna, I gotta pay for themselves. Ugh. Yeah, but Riku decides, no, 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 my memory's the real one. Screw you. It's fighting time, baby. Ugh, this was... I'm starting to lose... This is the third Riku fight. I'm losing my... At this point, I'm losing my patience for Riku. Yep. Very, very, very quickly, because... So, it was this fight. I beat it as per normal, and then I, instead of putting my PlayStation 4 in rest mode, I turned it off by accident. Oh, So I was like, no! no! And so here's where I was like, I'm going to try Kevin's Sonic Blade theory. And, yes. Uh, so I feel like going forward, I try a boss as per regular, but when I when I have to bash my head against the wall, I will pull out the uh, the Sonic Blade deck. Yeah, no, it's so good. Yeah. 
And also, at this point, I got the Lethal Frame Slate, <laughs> which is even more OP than Sonic Blade. So I threw in is a few it? of those for good measure, and yeah, it's... What, is, what does it do? So I feel like I have it, but I haven't used it. It freezes the enemy, and then you just attack them. Like, freezes doesn't stop, so it's a stop and then two attack cards. And then you attack them, so they're basically defenseless, and then... Like, any stop spell, like, all the damage just starts tacking on once they unfreeze, but then, you know, they have the, like, actual, like, recoil animation, so they're not super... They can't really do anything, so then you can just pop off another one, and, yep, it breaks the game even further, so, yeah, I didn't have too much too much trouble with this here fight. So, uh, you lethal frame, and then are they frozen for a while and you just attack them, or is, like, you do your lethal frame attack animation? And then yeah, it's like an automatic attack, so... Press slate to win, basically. <laughs> Got you. So you don't lethal frame and stops them to high hell and then just sonic blade them and then Riku comes to and all yeah, of a sudden least, he's taking a thousand blows at once. Lethal frame is an attack in itself. It's like um it's like a limit, basically. Okay. Well now I gotta try out lethal frame. Yeah. Really really easy to get, because yeah, stop and do attack cards. Mm. Have fun. Enjoy winning the fight. At this point, yeah. Uh, it's also this point in the game. It was in Destiny Island, so it'll it'll come up next time. But I hadn't really used Moogle Shops until now. Like I was, I was just kind of yeah jonesing around as per usual. But yeah, I think it was right after this I started to use Moogle Shops. So I, I had very limited number of like the spells we have. Like I had like a few gravity, yep. maybe like a level three stop, and like maybe like one arrow card. But after this, I really was like, okay, I've been. I need to stop being cheap, and I really splurged on uh, some Moogle packs. Nice. Yeah, I think I think I only have two stops, so I was only able to pop it off, like, twice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Not my go-to, but super easy way to pop off, like, half of the boss's health, basically. So, okay. yeah. Well, uh, I'm just playing with Lethal Frame. Yeah, no, and I, I've read online, like, multiple people say, like, that's the only slate you'll need in the entire game, basically. <laughs> okay. So that's fun. Good to know. Okay, for us idiots who are playing the game the wrong way, uh, Riku the Third. It's more it's Riku, but again, and also more annoying. But like, ugh. Yep. His initial like lunging attack. Yeah, it's the attack where he just kind of like tries to zip to your position. Has a strike ray added to it now, so it's even more annoying. Like it's at this point, it's a strike ray. It'll hit you and stun you, obviously. And then Riku's like. Now, when you heal Sonic Blade to your position, basically, which adds to the incredible frustration that is already existing, if you couldn't tell by the tone of my voice. Mm. Um, here's where he starts to use Dark Faraga, which is, I, uh, this actually isn't too bad, I'm just getting very frustrated <laughs> rethinking about this fight. Other than that, Riku's pretty much the same, aka still damn annoying. Uh, but you do walk away with a Mega Potion, uh, although it's a Mega Potion level 2, so, like, it's barely going to be useful. Yeah. Because it's a level 2 card. Pretty cheeky. Ugh. So, yeah, once you beat him, you get a nice little surprise. Turns out your charm was a world card all along. Or Riku's charm. Ah! So, yeah, it turns into the Destiny Islands card, which is very fitting, because that's presumably where the charm came from. So, that was kind of a nice little moment. Yeah, this was... The one world card where I didn't, like, roll my eyes when I got it. I was like, oh, here, this makes sense. Instead of, 
the organization being like, "Hey, kid, you want some cards?" Like, like, like this made this was this one scene invalidated every like kid here have some world cards that came before it. I was just like, "This is natural. This works, and it makes sense." Yeah, it's really not being handed the keys to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Which, ugh. But Sora's still angry, and it's probably the worst cutscene yeah. yet. Where he's just completely belligerent, and he's just actively yelling at Donald and Goofy now. And yes! they're trying to slow oh. down and get him to like think this through. Like, you never even heard of this nominee, but now she's all you ever talk about. Yeah, don't you think that's suspicious? It's almost like someone already warned us about this, and you still don't believe them. <laughs> Sora doesn't want to listen to the grown-ups. Yep. And then... <laughs> His, like, big insult, because he, like, runs ahead, and they're like, oh, I don't know, Sora. And he's like, you can take a nap for all I care. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, you know what? Maybe we will, Sora. (laughs) It's been a very long 12 floors. We're all very tired. Maybe we will take a nap. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, he's just a big, stupid, meanie head. At this point, and Donald and Goofy are doing their best, but yeah, I wouldn't be able to put up with this kid. They are not having it. Well, no, they are having it, actually. <laughs> well, no, he, like, separates uh, from them at this point, technically. Uh, he, like, runs yeah, ahead. It, it, it wasn't them being like, F you, Sora! You son of a bitch! I can't deal with you anymore! It's more of just him being like, something's wrong, and then Sora's yeah. just, like, all sprint ahead. Yeah, and then he just kind of runs off without them. But they're also not, like, rushing to get back to him <laughs> yep but you know we'll, we'll give him some space <laughs> so after that cuts to a nice little scene between axel and nominee where like axel's like oh looks like someone left the door unlocked oopsies <clears throat> hey kid that's Water her cue that. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like what <laughs> what do you mean he's like just i'm letting you free kid Go do the thing. Psych, Axel was the real traitor all along. Yeah, he's he's working every side. He's he's flip-flopping so much, he doesn't even know where his true allegiances are. <laughs> but yeah, Nominee just like, oh, that's my cue, and she runs out of the room. Axel's kind of, he's a little monologue. I love her dainty little, okay, I'll escape. And she just like runs. She's <laughs> just like sitting in her little chair. It's like, this is like as far from like a prison cell as you would imagine. <laughs> but it's like, oh, yeah. it's time for my big escape. <laughs> but yeah, Axel's loving it. He's he's having a fun old time. He's like, well, just promise me you'll, you'll be entertaining or whatever. Which is kind of... Something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird to say. And he has a little monologue and a little kind of a fanatic laugh to himself yeah. and he's like Sora you really are something to the lines like Sora you really are interesting huh? yeah you son of a bitch he realizes he's having emotions and he's like wait a minute we're not allowed to have emotions mm-hmm that old chestnut so yeah after that we just have a quick little scene between Jiminy and Sora where Jiminy still trying to get Sora to see since see what's really going on and uh Sora just tells him, uh, just keep it to yourself. Yeah! He's so See the, mean. uh, the Kevin Hart meme of holding up Jiminy and, like, pointing at the other person to protect them. <laughs> yeah. Don't you hurt my sweet precious boy. This is the most screen time Jiminy is ever getting, and you're telling him to shut up, Sora! Yeah. This is unacceptable! Yeah, no one's here for that. Sora's at his all-time low. He's extremely unlikable at this point. 
And yeah, that's pretty much it. We um we've hit the end of the road for this episode, so we'll end on that very unpleasant note. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're approaching the end of the road and next episode we will power through the rest of Sora's campaign which involves Destiny Islands and then the mysterious 13th floor Ooh. Ooh. and then the final boss to come with it so next week we will close this chapter god it feels like it's been eons for, uh, for all we know, for all we remember, maybe it has been. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, that does it for this episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. You know the thing. Yeah. Share, like, subscribe, rate, review, and email us. khbhpodcast at gmail.com. Find the email in the description. Yeah. That's, uh, that about covers yeah. it. Yeah. Hopefully next episode. No, not hopefully. Next episode we will be wrapping up. The first side. Mm. The first side of the coin that is Chain of Memories. Yeah. And then from there, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So stay tuned. We have a very exciting finale ahead of us uh, where finally the story starts to do something. (laughs) Exactly. It only took 20-ish hours of gameplay. Uh, (laughs) Alrighty, everyone. We'll see you next week. To the, uh... Alrighty. To the... To the corner where Don and Goofy are probably playing cards or checking their phones or something while they wait for Sora to cool <laughs> off. That's that's the vibe. That's where we're at. <laughs> and Jimmy's like, why didn't I stick with those guys? Alrighty. Bye-bye, everyone. Have a good week. Bye!